0: welcome to chatterbox a podcast by the wolfpack project we are nottingham's leading youth mental health and loneliness charity releasing content on the first of every month please follow and subscribe on your podcast app so that you never miss an episode this episode, we are joined by Alex Norris, who is the MP for Nottingham North. It's lovely having you. So as with all of our episodes, the first part of this podcast is the chatterbox. So these are kind of randomly generated questions that the whole team have kind of put together <laughs> So it would just be thinking of an answer off the top of your head. And obviously I've done a little bit of research, so some questions aren't quite as random, just because I thought they would be useful to know. Okay. Um, so the first question is, where is your favourite green space around Nottinghamshire?
1: Uh, Vernon Park is my favourite. Um, that's where I kind of run quite a bit. It's where I don't, as much now, because I don't live as near, but where I've walked my dogs and, you know, lots of really good community events there. So yeah, Vernon Park for me.
0: Do you go there just on your own with the dogs or do you also take family, friends with you? Well,
1: there's two dogs, so it normally needs to be me and my wife because otherwise if either one of us are outnumbered, we normally have a problem. So, yeah, it's normally the two of us. Though I'll probably, uh, the dog's pr- preferred spot of choice is Bestwood Country Park, we live near there. Uh, so again, that's
0: outstanding. What's great for walk. Bestwood is lovely for that. Would you say that your wife's favourite green space is the same as yours?
1: She really likes Bowell Hall Park as well. It's on the yeah. other side of where we live, so like, that's a good one as well. So I don't, yeah, I, I'm not sure she quite have the Vernon Park enthusiasm <laughs> I have. I, I am very enthusiastic about
0: that. But it sounds like you're surrounded by green space, so oh, That's yeah. always always a positive I think we're quite blessed with that in in the county where is your favorite cafe to go to
1: got to be the pudding pantry I know I'm going to get like a thousand people right to me to be terrible things but pudding pantry the one in Sherwood as well it's just-
0: I was going to say have you got a, yeah. a, a particular yeah. one mm. so yes yeah, that-
1: that's the one for me, yeah, absolutely.
0: It's dangerous because it's across the road from the Wolfpack Project HQ. That's right, it's a bad point. God, I don't know
1: how you don't go every day.
0: <laughs> I've got one in, near me where I live in Beeston, so I am always spoiled for choice. <laughs> Too spoiled for choice. What is, you think, Nottingham's hidden treasure?
1: Well, I, I would probably say, like, I, I think the north of the city, and I would say it's my part of the city, but I think the north of the city is really underappreciated. Like, I think... You know, Fox and Crowns one of the best pubs you'll ever go to never mind in Nottingham with the best kind of market town I think in East Midlands and that gets lost a bit so yeah I, I think I think our, our northern kind of our northern amenities are, uh, are our hidden treasures
0: there's definitely a lot more to be explored north every, because the city is so far south in the county yeah. I think people forget that it stretches Really quite far. Oh, good. If you take the
1: county, it's really, really far, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What is the first place you ever went to when you moved to Nottingham? Uh,
1: can you
0: remember?
1: Yeah, no, I, I can, I can. It will be coming up to, uh, six months short of 20 years ago, it would have been Willoughby Hall on campus at the University of Nottingham. So my mum, would have, yeah, my mum drove me over all those years ago. So I mean, I've, I've been to, I've, I've been to City Ground before, thinking about that, I've been to City Ground probably was about, I don't know, ten or eleven. Um, so that would be actually quite a bit earlier for the football. Uh, as a Manchester City fan a, a, in the away end, and being really honest, but the first like proper time, and I've not left, was yeah, you. you the university campus will be
0: Oh nice I love Uni Park it's so lovely to wander around. So as a as a side recommendation for anyone listening if you've never been to Lakeside it's worth a nice wander. So this is my kind of planned question what made you want to stay in Nottingham having moved from Manchester?
1: Well yes yeah, I'm coming up to now September will be half my life in, in Manchester half my life in Nottingham and I fell in love with the city really quickly the, one, the sort of the first thing that, that hooked me in was it's like the world's biggest village. So it's got all the things that come with a big city, all the right shops, all the right evening things, cinema, all that sort of stuff that you'd want. You know, got an arena where, you know, big acts cut, but it's also got, it's quite small. You can walk from one side of the city centre to the other. You always see someone you know when you're out and about. I love that. Um, so for me, it's that, it's just that, that village feel, despite having the scale of a big city.
0: I would agree definitely you can get bits of that in other places but it's definitely not quite the same anywhere else and then final question for this section what's the one thing you have to have with you when you're out and about
1: you've got to have your phone i'm gonna i'm gonna say i'm gonna try and hide behind my job and say well you know in politics things are very quick moving uh, so you gotta know what's going on and you know if there's something you need to know or do uh I, I probably look at social media a lot more than's healthy for me. But, yeah, you can't have your phone. That's how you get a hold of everybody. It's how you know what's going off. in the world.
0: How do you feel if you've ever left your phone behind?
1: I'd, I'd like to say that I felt really bad, but actually it's really quite liberating. I, think <laughs> I try and have times where I leave it, uh, especially if it's you know if, it, if it's not like a peak work time. Um, So yeah, I guess you're supposed to feel anxious, but I just have to say I don't.
0: Well, hopefully that can be a good sign if anyone's like, oh, should I ever just go out without my phone? Alex says it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Alex, in the intro, I said that you are the MP for Nottingham North. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, or maybe has a limited kind of knowledge, what is a Member of Parliament? What do you do?
1: We break like the Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and 650 little pieces, uh, like a jigsaw. And we call each piece a constituency. And each bit, you know, covers a part of you know, England, Scotland, Wales, or Northern Ireland. And each bit sends a person to Westminster, where I am now. Big Ben's literally just opposite... Uh, kind of where where I'm sat, and they send each each constituency sends so one person to Parliament, that big green room where often there's a lot of shouting. I'm sure we'll get to that, but to talk about the issues that are affecting our community, that people are raising with me, changes we want might might want to make to our country or to the world. Um, so I come down here as our Member of Parliament to do that. I was chosen in an election in 2019, and also won before in 2017 where anybody could put their names forward as long as they were 18 or above. And the public voted, and, and I was the, the successful candidate in, in those two occasions. So I come here, I'm in London generally Monday to Thursday. Sometimes I can get out on a Wednesday night if I'm, if I'm doing well. And then I'm at home in Nottingham on you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then yeah, the cycle kind of continues. So that's what I do. I talk for uh, my part of the city and hopefully do a good job of, of representing the views of the people there.
0: Well, hopefully you are doing if you've been re-elected. So it's quite quite a big split of kind of a lot of time in London and a lot of time travelling on the train, or do you drive? I will
1: confess I drive, but I do that because I like to I bring one of the dogs with me, kind of my way of doing that. And it is like actually, it's kind of, you know, as, as, as you touch on there, it's kind of like two jobs in one. Down here I'm a legislator, so that means going through... Got laws on, me. Got a law or two on the you know going through laws sort of line by line it says is with another person should it say and with another person you know that sort of painful line by line legalese as well as raising those issues that are important on a, on a monday to thursday basis and then back home on a friday i will have surgery so people will come with their problems i'll try and help might be with the council could be with the home office could be with benefit system, schools, you name it, people come and ask me. They, I've had people ask me to fix their washing machines before that. That is out of scope. And then Saturdays is normally things like school events or you know, summer fairs, community fairs. I do a lot of knocking on doors Saturdays and sometimes Sundays as well to kind of get people's views very directly because you know, people, as you'd imagine, write to me all the time with what they think but sometimes it's getting to those people who don't write to me to find out what they think is really important as well so it's a real mix there and as I say there's a real difference between you know the stuff people would see on the telly the you know the stuff in the Chamber of the House of Commons, to then being out in the streets and having a very direct conversation with people about what they think about their lives and their communities. So it's a real mix and and I I kind of, I value that that variation.
0: I was going to say, when you think to little Alex in primary school, is this the kind of thing that he would have wanted to do or is it a completely different... Path to what you thought you might
1: have. If, if you take playing centre forward for Manchester City out of it, that was kind of was <laughs> one, but that I wasn't very close to that dream. So if you take that one out of it, um I, I think this probably matches quite a lot with how I was as a child as a younger person. I mean, I, my instinct. Well, certainly when I was younger, I wanted to be a lawyer. That's why I wanted to be there. Um, I don't mm. come from a very political family, but. Sort of through education, through schooling, and then uni I became much more political. So again, yeah, I, I think in, in many ways something in this space was likely to be what I ended up doing. Yeah, not not a whole surprise, I don't
0: think. Yeah, because I know some people, it's kind of, they get into it for a certain cause, but there are others where it's kind of been part of who they are and that kind of wanting to chat to people and make a difference. Absolutely. Forms a, big, forms a big part of that. So your current role also includes being Shadow Minister, for levelling up housing communities and local government. So what does that look like on a day-to-day basis for people who might not be aware that that role even exists?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're getting into the weeds a bit. So the best way for people to think about it is that we have a government of the day and that government's formed by the party that has the most member of parliament, so that's currently the Conservative Party. So they have a leader, who's Rishi Sunak. They have a cabinet of ministers who look at transport, they look at education, foreign affairs, home affairs, levelling up in, in this case, as you mentioned. And then each one of those um, cabinet members has four or five what we'd call junior ministers uh, that mm. work on different, you know, a more a, a smaller bit of that brief. So for education, it might be, a university's person, a school's person, a college person. And then we as an opposition, because I'm I'm a member of the Labour Party and as elected as a Labour Party MP, we are the second biggest party. So we form Her Majesty's, well, His Majesty's now, of course, uh, loyal opposition, and we match up with what the government do. So they have a prime minister, we have a leader of the opposition, Keir Starmer, they have a cabinet, we have a shadow cabinet, they have junior ministers, we have shadow junior ministers, which I am one. So I look at a particular thing which is levelling up, which is basically scrutinising what the government are doing in trying to tackle inequalities between different parts of the country. Um, and I, you know, I hold them to account for what they're doing, the money they spend, which is obviously the public money, and I suggest other ways they could do things and, you know, debate with the minister about uh, his proposals. So that that's what it is. So again, it's that's an interesting kind of question for, for MPs, finding that balance between making sure you're doing your local issues Um, And, you know, advocating for local causes, but also doing that important national role as well uh, on behalf of, yes, the people of Nottingham, but actually the people of of the UK as a whole. So there's a bit of a balance there, but generally, not least because when, when I come down to London, it's just me and the dog, I have nothing else to be doing. So there's generally enough hours in the day to be doing both of those things, I
0: find. Yeah, it sounds sounds like there's a lot to be contending with at the moment when it comes to levelling up and tackling inequalities. It seems to be in the news every day of something yeah. that's a new issue that either someone's highlighting or finding. So I imagine that balance must be quite hard to strike <laughs> a lot of the time. So in terms of thinking three So I'm assuming you kind of hold this role until there's maybe another cabinet reshuffle. Is there something, an area that you would particularly like to move towards and have your hand in? Or are you quite happy with shadowing, levelling up as your area for now? Yeah, my kind of
1: dream scenario is, you know, because, again, sort of viewers and listeners might know that there's a general election at some point in the next just under two years, probably more likely the next eighteen months. So we, of course, would hope to get the most MPs at that election to form the government, and then I would hope to be a government minister. And I would like to carry on doing what I'm doing. I love doing levelling up. So I think it's a really important thing to Nottingham. So there's a good overlap there. It's you know I've been doing it now for just under eighteen months, so you've got a bit of a sense of it. So I hope so. But as you say, reshuffles happen, so it's all chosen by our leader. So Keith. Keir Starmer may make a judgment that he'd want me to do something else or indeed not want me to do anything at all. That can happen. Obviously. I hope not. But um, so. But if I wasn't doing this, I've, I've previously I've been a shadow health minister. I was a shadow health minister during the pandemic, which was obviously a very important time to be doing that. So I'm really interested in health services. Again, that's something that's really kind of relevant to us in Nottingham too. So there's, there's a yeah. good overlap. So if, if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be doing that.
0: I think. And if you weren't doing politics at all, what would you what do you think your your backup option would be
1: well i I love doing what i did before was elected to parliament five and a bit year five coming up to six years ago Uh, so i worked for a trade union unison so Mm. i'd be very happy still doing that i think that if at some point i get booted out by the electorate which obviously does happen then i'd probably be looking to go back to do that again again it's the same theory though it's about what i did there was helping members particularly in the health service who are having problems at work helping them with their problems helping organise you know build campaigns not that different frankly in that sense to what i'm doing now so it's the same skills it's people it's organisation it's campaigns so yeah
0: organisational body
1: isn't yeah, it yeah yeah so i've, yeah. I've done yeah. organising campaigns is kind of what i've been doing for for most of my well, all my adult life so yeah that that seems the obvious place to me i think
0: so i um, thinking that there could Another election in 18 ish months. What's one thing you'd like to really see change for Nottingham whilst you are doing your current role as MP? Yeah,
1: the thing that I would change the most, the thing that holds us back as a community, all comes down, frankly. I mean, it's, it's all interrelated because you could pick, obviously, educational standards, you could pick uh, housing, you could pick crime. I think, particularly, health inequalities, addressing those health inequalities, that's what brings a lot of misery to people. That's what means that you know economically we don't do as well. There's not as much money in the community. People aren't as in you know in the quality of job that we want them to have, with the income that we want them to have. So that particularly is is something I'm, I'm as you know the, the the health inequality is a particular priority. But as I say, there's a whole gamut of things. Like this <laughs> is in, in this is never an 18 month thing. This is you know an 18 year thing. If you can get that long, political careers don't last that long generally. But you know, these are generational things that need to be you know knocked out at birth or even before birth you know to help give you know our children the best chance so yeah you know, there's a lot to go out particularly for, for for our part of the world
0: definitely and as a charity we see that as well of people not having the same opportunities even though you might say oh i'm from Nottingham or i'm from mansfield it doesn't mean that everyone's got the same opportunities even within a constituency area so, yeah, definitely, definitely a big thing. So what are some of the kind of key projects that you're working on at the moment that kind of people could maybe relate to or be able to find out more about if they wanted to get a bit more stuck into supporting in this area? So
1: I as I inherited this from my predecessor. Uh, so I chair a local charity that's basically an extension of my work as a member of parliament, uh, but allows us to bring money in from, from different places in a way that an MP can't on their own. Because again, this this often gets kind of lost that MPs directly don't have any power. You know, I, I don't have a budget. I don't have, there's nothing I can say, right, this must happen tomorrow and it happens. You know, ours is a different job to that. But to try and help, you know, give me a chance to influence the things that happen in the community. I chair a, a charity, it's called the Rebalancing the Outer Estates Foundation, basically. The idea that the Outer Estates of nottingham need perhaps a bit more support and we focus on three things helping people get into work and, and to get good skills employability and skills uh on health particularly on lung health because a lot of our inequalities relate to uh, bad lung health related to smoking of course but also some caused by work as well and then creativity because uh, you know communities like ours get forgotten in that conversation that there's a sense that we're less interested or less creative that's not true you know once you give us the opportunities. If you look at the arts festivals that we have, you know, in Bullwell and in Bilborough, the Baseford Showcase, actually our children are really creative. Our adults are really creative. Our older people at Natter are really creative. So, you know, trying to unleash our creative potential as well. So it's those three are our major projects really, you know, because if you can get those right for a community, if you can get the right kind of jobs and skills, if you can help people with maintaining their own health and having good access to health care, and people living in a creative world, well actually not far away from a pretty decent life you know, if you can have those things in your life you've got you've got a real chance. so that's the kind of things that, that I focus on locally.
0: And it's and all three of those things are people being connected with each other as well, which go a long way to helping people feel like they belong somewhere and all of the health benefits that come with having steady social networks are way better than people who are isolated so they're definitely definitely a big hopefully there'll be um people interested in one or all of those things who can have a look and see if they can get involved because that's part of finding community is getting stuck in with something and at least having a go and trying it out one of the
1: reasons i like wolfpack and you know i've been in involved in different ways in in recent years because creating that space for people where you know that you're going to be welcome and you know that you can have a really important conversation if you really want to or you can have a really just anything conversation about married at first sight australia if you want to and be welcome you won't be judged on you know do you have to turn up in the right kit or anything like you know you know it'll be non-judgmental as little anxiety as possible that's really important like especially nowadays where you know, we're all so connected to each other digitally, but we sometimes aren't connected to each other at all. More socially, workplaces aren't like they were anymore. Many people work just at home. So trying mm. to find those spaces, just really natural spaces for people to just be themselves is so important. And that's, you know, why I've been involved with kind of Back in the past.
0: Yeah, it's great having that support and other people to champion the cause of how important community is. But yes, it almost comes, comes like you preaching to the choir sometimes of like, if you're involved, then you are part of the community. Hopefully we can get the message out there to people who might be like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe there is a step that I can take. Thank you for listening to Chatterbox, a podcast by The Wolfpack Project. You can find us on social media. We are Podcast or you can link to us from The Wolfpack Project website, which is thewolfpackproject.org.uk. We'd love to hear how the conversation has inspired you or things that you've learned. So do engage with us. Do also remember to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you download your podcast from so that you never miss a new episode so for anyone listening who isn't aware the five ways to well-being is a universal kind of set of categories that people use to kind of help with monitoring and managing their whole well-being and the five ways are connect learn active, give and take notice. And so if you're able to do something positive in any or all of those categories, then that can help with building positive habits for life. And so we kind of want to take time in this podcast to look at how as individuals, our guests manage in those five ways that hopefully might inspire you as a listener to maybe try something in your own time at home or just to think about this, think about this further. So, we've obviously been talking a lot about connection, and you've mentioned a lot about spending a lot of time in London, some time yeah. in Nottingham, and Obviously, that transition away from home as well, moving from Manchester to Nottingham for uni, all kind of things where you might feel quite disconnected. What are some of the ways that help you maintain that feeling of connection and that feeling of belonging when you're out and about doing your day job? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's because it, one of the things about this role is, as you know, anybody who works away from home, you know, to leave your normal life four days a week, you know, Monday Thursday, that can be quite lonely, especially in you know, in a, in a role, and again, I, I would never expect anybody to cry for a politician, I'm not asking for that, but when you can open your social media and have people tell you what a horrendous person you are very, very quickly, like, you feel quite lonely and isolated. And my, you know, coping mechanism, that's not an issue in Nottingham because there's so many great people around, um, you know, whether that's, you know, people I just meet at community projects or people I've worked with for a long time for the council, uh, the people in my office, uh, local councillors, you know, volunteers and, and my political party. There's loads of really great people that I've known for a really long time. It's very safe, you can talk to them about anything, that's really good. London's the, the harder end of that, you know, it's, because um, mm. as I say, you're out of your environment, it's a big, busy crowd, this building is an incredible, it's like a small town. you can't be lonely <laughs> in a crowd, that's entirely possible. People will yeah.
0: That. Oh yeah, definitely. And there's something
1: about this place as well, as people will, you know, as any sort of, you know, workplace can be, but certainly one that attracts well, politicians, people like me, you know, there's a, there's, you know, an expectation to project a great deal of, you know, certainty to always know the answer to a question, as we seem daft And that, you know, you really know what you're doing and that, you know, you're really a go-getter on the way. And that sometimes can be a bit excluding. My way of dealing with that is I get on with lots of people. There's lots of people I can spend time with and that's great. I get, that cuts down on kind of isolation, but I've got, you know, a, a much smaller number but people who I really either I've known for a long time from you know childhood or from university or even people that I've worked with here that I can have a conversation. It's not about politics. It's not about careers. It's not about you know any of those things. Who's on newsnight this week? All that nonsense. You can just have a normal conversation. You can talk safely about saying, well, I'm a little bit anxious about this, or I'm not sure I've done this right, or I'm worried about that, mm. and you can have that conversation. And then crucially, and this is really important for uh, for for what I do people who will talk about things other than politics you know, they just don't mm. care they just don't so we talk about other things that we do care about and that has just a great habit of just lifting the weight you realize actually this this small yes. postcode sw1a is not the entire world and that actually sometimes stepping away from it just resets you you know you reconnected back to normality and you can suddenly those things that seem really big don't seem quite so big anymore.
0: Almost like it helps you zoom out from quite a small picture. I had that described to me when I did my master's, is that you gradually become more and more knowledgeable in a really small field. Every time you open that new academic door, that really small field that you thought you were stepping into gets bigger again. And sometimes you have to take a step back to be like, oh, actually, yeah. there's only yeah. only so much you can you can know, and there's only so much you can spend in that world before you need to have that that time to zoom awesome. zoom back, back out again. Back, yeah. And you mentioned about taking your dog down with you to London. How is are they part of how you stay active yeah. whilst you're That's there? That, yeah. And then London, London's a very fast-paced city, but also the tube is very convenient. Yeah, and um, you
1: know. There's places to eat on site here and places to drink frankly on site here. So the people talk about the Westminster stone that you put on when you come here. I probably haven't avoided all of it, but I've maybe not got the full stone, but having the dog's nice because his needs need to be met come what may. And so even if I get back late, um, then we've got to go out and out we go. So yeah, it's really great. And again, he doesn't care about anything going on here. He just wants the ball thrown to him or just wants to go for a walk. And, and that is nice. You know, that is just resets everything. So that's where I get my activity
0: from. Yeah. Is there any other bits of activity that you do or is it mainly looking after the I dog? I run.
1: Yeah. But my that's kind of my sport of choice because I can do it on my own. I can do it at any time. So, you know. I'm never going to be someone who can play football every Saturday at two o'clock. You know, that's work time, frankly. Any one thing in the same slot every week, is not, it's, my life doesn't really fall out that way. So I like to be out of the run, you stick your trainers on, you just go, and you can do a little or you can do a lot. Um, depends on what, you know, what you've kind of got a slot for. So that's, again, what I try and do. But Nottingham's loads better for running in the London. London's really busy, and, you know, Nottingham has great runs, there's big track, or there's down down the river near, near where I am so it's I prefer to run at home than here but nevertheless that's an important way of me trying to kind of stay, stay active
0: do you ever take the dogs with you on a run or are they
1: <laughs> deme- too much too chaos to like scatter <laughs> or jump at you because they want to know what you're doing and it's just like no no this has to just be done without them afraid and I,
0: I see some people near where I live there's fields and um, we're along the tram line so quite nice easy paths to kind of walk or run along and i do see people taking their dogs for a run and i think they're reserved to their own special special class of patience and space
1: yeah it's admirable but they must have very well-behaved dogs i don't think we do
0: So learning is another big part of well-being. So what's something that's non-politically related that you've learnt recently? Because I feel like politics, you're probably learning something new all the time. Yeah, that's
1: definitely true.
0: So Uh, so is there something non-political that you've learnt recently that
1: is new to you? I'm trying to get loads better at cooking. Like, Mm. I'm not talking high-end, but, like, I feel that, and again, this is something the internet's really good for, that kind of proliferation of not just cookbook style stuff where I would, because I, I, people would get me a cookbook for Christmas because I'd ask them for one. And then you'd look and they'd open it up and either the equipment or the things, you, you know, the ingredients, I just wouldn't have. And frankly, I half the time, didn't, couldn't work out what they were. Nowadays, it's a bit simpler. So like that, I like being a bit better, you know, making myself kind of better curries. So I'm quite pleased with those. They make a really good bolognese now, which people will laugh at, but I'm quite proud of. And similarly, a really good chili con, con carne. So... That's what I quite liked. I I like, and again, because this kind of suits my life, I get a load of Mm. satisfaction from like on a Sunday, like making quite a few meals, either to put in the freezer or to take down with me. Obviously, it's cheaper, it's healthier, and it's quicker. Like you're winning, coming and going. So I quite like doing that. Now, whether I can branch out and get a bit, go even a bit further, (laughs) I don't know that quite yet. Mine's still quite like, mints and tomatoes you know chopped tomato based but i feel like i missed this entirely in my youth and now i'm catching up
0: i used to work in further education so my one bit of advice was if you're moving away from home have one staple meal that you know how to cook have, yeah so. that's great advice so you're getting yeah, there getting you're definitely getting- and tomatoes and mints are a great starter for a whole mm-hmm. host of different meals add a few beans you've got a chili make it a bit richer you've got a ragu you yes, set
1: i'm gearing up to do a lasagna that's my that's my next hurdle
0: <laughs> uh, the thing about lasagnas is just taking your time and enjoying the process <laughs> and if you've got a kitchen big enough to share the cooking with someone uh-huh. that makes it easier yeah. or in the case of my husband he will just cook it without me because he loves making lasagna yes. so yes. Uh, even better for <laughs> <than> me <laughs> another part of the five ways to well-being is give and um, there's loads of research coming out where if people are able to give some of their time or their knowledge to something that actually the benefits it has not only for those that you might be helping but for us is actually quite significant I think there's a big push particularly in Nottingham around opportunities for people to get involved and it's a good way of helping people get back into employment or training if they're able to have some kind of volunteering or work experience. If you had the time, because I'm assuming that being an MP is all consuming, but is there a cause other than the charity that you're already involved with that you would love to give a bit of time to if you had? Yeah, it? yeah. I
1: mean, because I mean, people, again, watching and listening, everybody's busy in their own way. Like, so I've got a busy life, not least because it's split across two places, but other people have busy, you know, whether that's caring responsibilities, whether that's having children. So I, mm. I don't think in that sense, you know, I, I'm. I'm any kind of more special or an outlier. You know, my kind of the thing that's just my kind of giving back thing that is not unrelated to my work because virtually everything is in some way related to it. <laughs> um, I've been a school governor at a school on Bells Lane State in, in Aspley now for this would be year 13 of doing that. I think it's really important for people who don't know what it is that every school has attached to it a body of people who are not um, well some on the governing body may be representatives of the school leadership or of the teachers and or parents um, or in my case just the community who come together to hold the school leaders to account for what they're doing to make sure that they the education being provided for our children is the best it can be so yeah. I do that I've done that for a long time and that I think is really important and it's actually quite nice because it's Something where you can have a stake in it, but you don't quite take it home with you. It's not my job to decide the the curriculum, or that's you know sort of thing. I don't have the skills or knowledge to do that, but you know you hold the teachers to account for it, and so that's my kind of way. And that is something that there are so many opportunities to do. Everybody who wants to be a school governor can be, because across the city there's what hundred schools, and across the county that would be probably that number times two, if not more. So if you are minded to do it, it's a really good thing to do, and. It's a bit of a time-ask, but actually it's loads easier in the digital age because some of it's in-person, some of it's online. The training, you know, at the beginning can be a bit of time, but actually most of that is now available online in your own time. So that's what I do, and I I love doing it. I, I will do that for as long as they'll let me do
0: it. That's kind of hopefully encourage people that you don't need to have the experience or the kind of specialist knowledge for an area. Most places will give you training or or it's a space where actually it's helping others do the specialist stuff, which I think being a school governor is a great example if you don't have to know all about the education system just to say, we want the kids to have the best opportunities they can say. So, yeah, but regardless of area, definitely you don't have to have the specialist skills. I certainly didn't when I started out volunteering. You just learn it, Learn, you learn as you grow. Yeah. 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 And then the final bit is take notice, which is my favorite bit, but I think that I am slightly biased with having a mental health background and training. Um, and that is how um, we can best take notice of our physical health and our mental health and put things in place to look after it and manage it day to day. So thinking through kind of during your week do you have certain coping strategies or things that you do where maybe things are getting a bit overwhelming or um you're just feeling a bit stressed out that you kind of do to help manage managing those situations yeah
1: i mean i think having having those sort of coping strategies is really important and it's just you just can't you know you wish you could remove those anxieties and you know make make that never never an issue and that's just not the case for me it's part of you know mental well-being particularly important i'm, I'm a younger person i don't have kind of any long-term physical ailments so generally my physical i've had a horrible virus the last week why i sound a bit like whatever but um but in general my physical health is quite good my main thing to do in that is i need to sleep more be less mm. in, you know certainly when you're down in london the temptation to think, well i'm down here i'll go for a pint on a night at the end of a long day you have to you know, try and make sure we don't do that too often. The mental health is much kind of, that's a greater challenge. You know, my mood can relate to what the opinion polls are saying, which is a really bad way to live. Like those are things outside of your control. So limiting some of yeah. that is really important. Having outlets, whether that's pets, whether that's, you know, uh, the time me and my wife spend together doing other things other than politics, that's really important. But like the most important thing for me, and hopefully people kind of understand where I'm coming with on this, is that, and it goes back to what we're talking about, about just removing ourselves to a bit of a distance. In politics, you can you can be in danger of taking yourself too seriously or centering the world around yourself too much, you know, at the end of the day, whether it's getting to do interesting things like, you know, talk to yourself today, whether it's, you know, I get invited to go to lots of things and people are always glad to see me and it's always, you know, and you can start to think that you're a bit special, but actually it's the, it's the office, it's not me as a human being, it's the role and When I stopped doing it, just like there's been dozens of people who've done it before me, there'll be dozens and, you know, in the fullness of time, hundreds of people who do this after me. So taking that time to remember that perhaps not to take self so seriously, not to read about yourself, you know, what people say, I'm generally quite good for that anyway, but not, you know, so just to take that step back, center yourself in the world rather than kind of centering the world around you. Look at other things, whether that's, as I say, the well-being of pets, what your family are up to, whatever. That is really, that lifts my mood immediately the moment i've kind of put down twitter stop reading you know into granular detail in what the opinion polls are saying Mm. and just get back into the real world around you know people you care about that lifts me makes such a big difference
0: yeah i think there's a saying around kind of what you give your attention to is then what kind of spawns thoughts and kind of what then captures your your attention more often so actually if we're Giving our attention all of the time to things that maybe aren't helpful, then actually when we do give our attention to stuff that then helps us with that, makes all the difference. And I think, yeah, th- things like opinion polls, where it is very much like you definitely can't control, but recognising that that is something you can't control, or at least there's not a lot you can do to control that, I think is that whole part of giving that separation and being able to put your mind onto more positive things hopefully so alex it's been great having you on and i feel like we've covered a lot of ground in our chat and hopefully there's plenty that people can take away from either from a political point of view or just hearing some of the things that you do to look after your well-being if people listening want to get a bit more involved in their local area, what are some of the easy ways that people can kind of get more involved with their local MP? Well first of
1: all, you know, if people want to, I really hope they will. You know, the point I would always stress, and I'm sure people will be able to work this out for me already, politicians are not super people. The sort of the worst thing we ever perpetuate is this myth that we always know the answer to things. When we don't, we just like anybody else and you know, we I'd like to think I've got lots of really good ideas and whatever but i don't have the monopoly on them so please contribute you know so whether that's writing to your mp saying this is what i care about and i'd like you to take a greater interest all of that gets read you know gets a response and, and that helps me direct my energies. but if people want to get involved kind of more practically there's loads of really good ways to do it so whether that is in volunteering we've, we've talked about school governing whether that's listed picking whether that's being a race leader for not women women's runners participation is kind of that is what politics is, participation and campaigns, I think. But particularly mm-hmm. if it is in politics itself, like engage with your local councillors, engage with your local MP about what you're interested in and how you might be able to help. Like what I you know, I have an open offer to anybody watching, if you want to see what I do, you don't have to be a constituent either. Like if you want to see what I do on a constituency Friday, come around. You have to put up with my messy car, but you know, we will welcome my <laughs> I have someone with me most Fridays, normally actually it's young people in that kind of 16 to 18 bracket, but I'm just as interested in the 66 to 68 bracket. It's, you know, it's for everybody and everybody in between and older, you know, so come and have a look, think about standing for election, you know, if you if you know what your political views are, maybe join a political party, that's, a, that's an opening to kind of more experiences, that's an opening to more training, you know, that's an opening, you get obviously quite a lot of accessibility to elected representatives. So there's loads of ways that you can get involved, whether that's because you're passionate about a particular single issue or whether that's because you're, you're passionate about every issue. So it's like I am, really. And obviously, of course, there are you know, really great single-issue campaign organizations if you are interested in any one thing. So, and, you know, in your workplace, join your union and try and participate there. Again, great access to training through that. So there are loads of routes, and all of them just start with kind of wanting to get active and to do a little bit extra you know, in your own time, and I can guarantee that people do that; they we'll get loads back. But if, as a start of the ten they wanted to come, just come around with me for a day. They're very, very welcome. To
0: you. That sounds great. Thinking about what is what is worth it to you to make that effort to get out there and get us stuck in. Uh,
1: in. Greenwood, My, <laughs> my constituency neighbour, not in the south of Nottingham, she says at some point you, know, you have to stop shouting at question time. And then what 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 is it that's going? If you're motivated enough to watch politics at that time of night, I have to say I. I watched it in many years but um, <laughs> if you're motivated not just to watch it and then to get angry about it well that's more than enough motivation to do something about it as well so you know hopefully that might be a motivation
0: <laughs> yes i can't remember the last time i watched i think again because you just sat shouting at the tv i think i'd rather shout the answers to only connect than air my views later at Absolutely. night when i'm tired to end on kind of um, a fun, non-related note to kind of anything that we've really talked about, but have you got any recommendations for people to maybe watch this week or read or listen to that have been of interest to you recently? I, I love,
1: I don't care who knows, I've got loads of pelts for this and I don't care, I love reality TV. So we're at a peak mm-hmm. point of the season in that we're getting new Made in Chelsea and new The Only Way is Essex this week we are also mid uh, we're about four weeks into Married at First Sight Australia as I mentioned earlier it is great watching like whether that's because you're really interested in people or whether it's just because it's great escapism I would really recommend it and the great thing is all those episodes and frankly nine other series are waiting for you so once you (laughs) scratch the surface you know it's all there so I would definitely definitely recommend
0: yeah i have dived in a little bit into those but the traitors was my most recent one that fits in with that i loved the traitors including the american (laughs) version
1: this is it it's the same with with love islands as well i'm on the american love islands at the moment they they pop up you know all the things we like here pop up elsewhere so there's Loads of content to, to get, get our teeth into.
0: Yeah, definitely. If you were going to have takeaway this week, is there one particular takeaway that you'd hunger I mean, I'm after? I'm
1: not quite a KFC guy, um, but it would be more likely because KFC is best on a Tuesday, and I'm going to be here in Parliament till late tomorrow. So normally, be a Nando's. You know, like, I love.
0: I just mm. love a Nando. Where are you on the chilli scale?
1: <laughs> I really don't want to say this because I think people instantly try to knock me out. But, uh, so I have chicken and chips and I will have the chicken plain, but then I will have a side of three chicken wings, which I will have medium. That's about as brave as I am. So there'll be people listening and watching this who'll be tearing their hair out of that, but that's
0: just me. You just remind me of Neville from Death in Paradise. So, you know, if he can do it in the Caribbean, well, no, we can... We can live our best life. That's why they have a scale. It's to allow allow life, people to like rich tapestry. Exactly, exactly. And then, has there been a particular earworm or like favorite bit of music that you've been listening to recently?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been the last few years. I, I struggle to get off this. Like, we've been really well served with uh, with Taylor Swift content. It's basically, pandemic onwards has gone into mm-hmm. overdrive and broken that cycle of you know yep. a new album every two years, and it's like. So there's so much really great stuff there that I just, I try to listen to other things and I inevitably end up back on on, on Taylor. <laughs> the two eras is kind of the early era, pre-read, and then the later yeah. era, as it gets darker and darker and darker. So you have to select, I think, according to your mood. There are days when the most yeah. recent sort of, you know, couple of albums, you can't hack if you've already had a tough day, go to the early days to have a bit of country. But I find there's there's always Taylor Swift for any equ- occasion, really. And the great thing about Taylor, for, for people who might not be kind of big, avid fans, is that you will have heard, obviously, you will have heard the big songs. But actually, her album's got loads of great songs beyond those. It's not a case of you have to just skip to the singles. So... I would recommend that to anyone who wants to embark on a new project.
0: One of my favourite Swift songs is from one of their albums she released in lockdown. I forget which one it is, whether it was folklore or the other one. Um, but it was with Exile with Bon Iver. That's like one of my favourite favorite Taylor yeah, Swift I mean, songs.
1: So, just in yeah. general, if you go through the albums and listen to the duets, they're often there. and That particular one so great.
0: It's the you harmony know? lines. Um, i Um. Sung for many, many years. So it's the, it's the harmony lines that get me. And if I can find it, that's, that's a sign of a good good song for me where I can play around thank you for listening to this episode with Alex Norris who's the MP for Nottingham North and also the Shadow Minister for levelling up housing communities and local government if you have been interested in the kind of things that we've been talking to you can find some more details about how maybe you can get involved with Alex or generally around parliament and government in the details for this podcast hopefully you have got some things that you can take away from this episode and Alex it's been lovely having you on thank you thank you for listening to chatterbox a podcast by the Wolfpack project you can find us on social media we are chatter.box podcast or you can link to us from the Wolfpack project website which is wolfpackproject.org.uk we'd love to hear how the conversation has inspired you or things that you've learned So do engage with this. Do also remember to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you download your podcast from so that you never miss a new episode.